everyone. Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Every week, we bring you simple answers to help your homeschool family thrive. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. This week, we're talking all about STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And we're joined by Robert Walsh, who joined us this year for events in both Round Rock, Texas and Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. In 2019, Robert recognized a disparity in access to STEM education. This inconsistency led some students having a competitive advantage when applying to college and for the jobs of the future simply as a result of where they went to school. The Excalibur Solutions STEM Academy exists to help level that playing field and to ensure that all students have access to quality STEM education. They not only teach students basic skills in computer programming, electronics, and engineering, but they also give them a chance to engage in activities that help them to discover whether a future in STEM is right for them. So buckle up, because you're about to learn a whole lot of great information about how we can prepare our children today for the opportunities that await them tomorrow. Before we dive in, I wanted to share a couple of things we're excited about around here. First of all, about a month or so ago, we officially launched a reboot of our Sunday night email. You may have noticed homeschool subjects hitting your inbox around 8 p.m. Eastern time, and we hope you have really enjoyed the content we've been sending. Each weekly edition of Homeschool Subjects will bring you the same teaching you've become accustomed to receiving each week from Teach Them Diligently, as well as news and information about homeschool and families that we've curated just for you and that we truly believe you'll be interested in reading. In addition to that, each week we'll share a tip or trick from a Teach Them Diligently family, information about upcoming events or content that you may be on the lookout for, and more. There's even a way for you to share homeschool subjects with your friends so you can easily earn free merch like stickers, t-shirts, sweatshirts, and more. If you're not receiving homeschool subjects, Go to homeschoolsubjects.com today and sign up. Then tell all your friends to do likewise. I think you'll love the merch we've prepared for you to win. And now, won't you join me in welcoming Robert Walsh to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. everybody. Welcome back again to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. I am very excited to have Robert Walsh with us today. Robert has started a group called Excalibur Solutions STEM Academy, and he was just at our event in Round Rock, and I was so cool to see what he had out there. I'm really excited to dive into our conversation today because honestly, STEM is just something that all of us need to know about. And I feel like a lot of us are a little insecure about. So Robert, welcome to the podcast. I am so glad you're here. Thank you, Leslie. It's great to be here. I appreciate you inviting me. Well, you are welcome. I'm I'm excited to dive into this topic. Before we start talking specifics, though, can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and you know your background, so that we kind of have a launching off spot to talk about all things STEM as we go forward? Yeah, sure. So I uh, graduated my uh, college from Mississippi State University in the early 1990s with a degree in secondary mathematics education. And I taught public school for about three years before I decided to go off and do something a little bit different. 
Uh, I started working in technology. Uh, I had a chance with a couple of other gentlemen that I was working with at the time to start a company. Uh, and that company focused on um, self-service solutions for public libraries. And so I was not only the uh, president of the company, I was also the main technologist for the company. So I did a lot of computer programming and testing and things like that. Um, after doing that for 13 years, I left that company and started my own consultancy and contract programming organization. And I've been doing that for about 11 years. Uh, and then I came around to the idea that I wanted to combine my interest in education and business and technology uh, and create this Excalibur Solutions STEM Academy. So I went back to school. I got a master's degree in STEM education leadership. Uh, and that brings us to where we are today. Yeah, that is, that's Awesome. And the way I always love to hear how God weaves things together, how he takes different elements of your background and your strengths and kind of directs you through through the different projects and the different phases of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we go any farther, if there are people out there who are listening in and they're like, you keep saying STEM, you keep saying STEM, what in the world is STEM? Can you tell us you know, the, the elevator pitch of what do we mean or what do educators mean when they talk about STEM? Sure. STEM is simply an acronym. It stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics. So it's really just an interdisciplinary project-based approach to learning that tries to break down the boundaries and the barriers that exist in the traditional classroom between the different subjects. Because as mm. you know, when we get out in the real world and we start living our life and doing the things we have to do every day, we don't see a separation between science or math or language arts or any of those subjects. We just use what we know. Uh, and so STEM is kind of a, an education approach where we try to do that in the learning environment, uh, where you get a lot more uh, what's called authentic learning opportunities, where you get to apply the various things that you've learned in the other uh, content areas uh, in a way that resembles how you would use them in real life. Hmm. That is, yeah. And, and it's so important as you look ahead, um, you know, or even as you look around, how many, I mean, I would ask you for a percentage, but I doubt there is that specific of data out there, but how much of the world around us, the opportunities for our kids going forward is going to be wrapped up in some area of a STEM education? Yeah, it's probably really hard to give you an actual numerical statistic yeah. that represents that. But, you know, your perception is is a good one. Um, we're preparing kids today, not for the jobs that exist right now, but for jobs that haven't even been invented yet. Um, the world mm -hmm. moves very, very fast. And you really can't do anything in today's world without understanding technology in some form or fashion. You know, even just going to the gas station. Think about all the technology that we use at a gas pump that we take for granted. We treat it almost like it's magic. You know, we touch our <laughs> credit card to the little device and it takes our money. It turns on the pump. The pump somehow knows when the tank is full. Uh, you got two counters that are counting up while you're pumping gas and you're spending money. Uh, you know, and all that just works together seamlessly. Uh, it interfaces wirelessly to you know, the internet where it can connect to the credit card payment system. And now you've got even gas uh, televisions in the gas pump to keep you entertained yeah. while that's happening. So, you know, we need people who really understand not just how to use those things, 
but how they really work and how all of those components work together at all different levels. Um, you know, you've got the systems level and then you've got the kind of the nuts and the bolts level where the wires and the, the chips and all of those things connect and interact. Yeah. And you, I, as you were laying that out, I was literally sitting there thinking, I have never thought one little bit about any of those things. Exactly. And that's <laughs> just one example. <laughs> that's just one example. You get in your car and your car knows where all the things around you are to tell you that you're about to bump into that post you didn't see in the parking lot, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so there's just example after example after example of technology that we see and use every day and we really just take it for granted. Yeah, for sure. And, and I wonder if, you know, this newer generation, this younger generation that's coming up now that is, you know, their reality in their childhood is so different than ours. They are, you know, digitally native, all of this stuff. Do you find that they actually look at things differently than we did? Don't take as much for granted. Like they're more curious about things or is it just human nature to take things for granted? Like, like I tend to do. I think in some degree, some, to some extent, it, it is human nature to take things for granted. It's just the difference of what it is that you take for granted. Mm -hmm. um, I think that today's young people, have different expectations than we did. Um, I think that, you know, you go to a store and you just expect the doors to open for you. Hmm. All right. That was a novelty when I was a kid. Yeah, for sure. Um, you have a phone in your hand that can not only instantly communicate with anybody in multiple formats. You can have a voice call. You can have a video call. You can just send a text message. You can do email. Uh, it also can browse the internet for you. You know, so that is something that, we didn't have. Mm -hmm. um, and it it's changed the way we live our lives. So I don't know that, that it necessarily makes young people more curious, but I do think it changes their expectations about the world around them and um, the way that they go into a situation and just sort of assume that there's going to be some, some support or some infrastructure that they can take advantage of because that's what they've come to grow up with, where we yeah. would have just said, you can't do that. You know, that's, that just doesn't exist. That's crazy. <laughs> Precisely. Well, you know, for, for a lot of people, I would imagine that in the homeschool communities, this is one of the most difficult things to, to properly educate our kids on because, you know, some families like yours where your background is, is in mathematics, in science, you, you know, technology, that kind of thing. It's going to come a lot easier. David and I are both writers and history buffs. And, you know, so we are more on the arts side of the spectrum there. So why, why is it so important? And I, I do believe this. It's so important for all students to have a really solid background in these, in these subjects, um, but, but why, you know, for me, it is, I don't want to close any doors for my kids. Part of our family's mission with homeschooling is to disciple their hearts, teach them to love God and love people, but also to prepare them to walk through whatever door God opens in the days ahead. And so with that second part of our mission statement as a family, this getting them a solid foundation in all of these subjects is critical for that. And I'm seeing it now that I've got three in college, just how important that has been. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, first off, kids need to know what opportunities exist for them going forward. And it's just like, you know, if you didn't play football when you were young, 
and you had a chance to play football in high school, you really don't know whether you would enjoy doing it because you've never done it before. Um, And you could substitute any sport or activity there. In the same way, if you have never done anything technical, you've never written a computer program, you've never taken something apart or reassembled it or used electronic components to build a little project, then you don't know whether those things would would be things that, that are of interest to you. Um, there are so many college majors and career paths that are open to people who have interest in those areas that I think every child should be exposed so that they can make an informed decision for themselves when they get to that point. I do like this because I've done it and I enjoyed mm-hmm. it uh, as opposed to, I don't want to do that because I really don't know what it is and I'm sort of afraid of it. Uh, and so I, that's a big part of what I'm trying to do through this program. Um, you know, if, if people, if the students that I work with develop skills that one day make them employable in these areas, that's a super great thing. But if I generate some interest and some enthusiasm for somebody who then gets into it and decides they don't like it, that's almost equally important Hmm. because they got to that point through information as opposed to perception that they really have no justification for. Yeah, absolutely. Well, even as, you know, I I noted at the beginning that I had seen you at our Round Rock event recently. And and even as you were showing me, you know, the circuit board thing and making that little LED light come on and all the different ways and you were explaining it, it was fascinating. It was it was really cool to kind of see the inner workings of things. Do you find that with a lot of kids, when you explain stuff like that, when they see how things come together, that that they're truly intrigued and, and you know, just kind of desire to learn more? Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm working with a group of kids. Um, they're 10th grade students at a private school in Mississippi right now. And we do those kinds of projects that you were describing you know, every day, that's their curriculum for this course that I teach. Wow. And you just, so at the beginning of this uh, spring semester, the we did a project that was all based around sound. So like what I was demonstrating for you at Round Rock was based around light. Right. This uh, project was based around sound. So we were using buzzers. And two of the projects that they really found interesting were, um, one, we created a small jukebox using that same little breadboard and circuit wires and things that I showed you, um, we created a jukebox and they learned how to transcribe sheet music um, to identify the notes, not only by what tone do they make, but what duration do they play? And they Mm -hmm. wrote a computer program that could take a sequence of the tone and the duration, and then they could make the buzzer buzz at that frequency to generate that that note for that length. And it was playing a little, you know, single note song. Huh. Uh, and they really enjoyed doing that because some of them actually have some experience playing, you know, musical instruments, but they, they don't read music. Uh, and so that was, they got to see another side of something they already had an interest in hmm. that they, they weren't familiar with. Uh, the other project in that particular unit uh, was a Morse code transmitter. And so I think they really enjoyed learning some of the history of how Morse code came about, um, how it works. They got to build a little transmitter and see just how difficult it is to get the timing just right uh, so that what you're actually sending is 
something that another person can understand uh, hmm. because there are rules in the protocol for how Morse code works. And if it's not exactly the right timing, the other person's going to get the wrong message. Yeah, that is, that's, it's just fascinating. I, I love talking to people who talk about stuff that I know nothing about. And <laughs> it's, I'm serious. So I can, you know, I'm literally like writing stuff down and just really intrigued by all of this. Um, you know, in all honesty, my kids did, we are involved in a co-op that is excellent. They have a lot of just incredible classes and a lot of the science, technology, engineering and math stuff. I let them do at co-op because I knew that they had people there that were much more highly equipped to teach them those subjects than I really was. They would do a better job because I, I just did not feel like that was my strength to pass on. Um, and so I'm very grateful for that resource. Um, and, and I know that in a lot of areas, they don't have resources like that. So I'm, I'm kind of wondering if that played at all into uh, kind of the, the uh, Excalibur that you started, just giving, giving kids more resources for that. Yes, I think that um, kind of two things come into play here. One is these are very specialized areas, and that doesn't affect just homeschool students. That that affects small private schools, small mm. rural public schools as well, because if you only have, you know, 100 students in your school, then you have to hire a math teacher. You can't afford to hire a computer programming teacher right. or an engineering teacher because you just don't have enough students to justify that. So, you know, homeschool families are not alone in that respect. So it does take someone who has a particular expertise. But I think even beyond that, and I actually talked to a parent uh, at Round Rock this past weekend who said that her husband knows this stuff, mm -hmm. but he doesn't have enough patience to okay. work with their own children sometimes when it comes to this. And I can relate to that. I work much better with other people's kids sometimes than I do with my own yeah. when it comes to this kind of, of uh, um, content. And so uh, you, you have to not only know what you're doing, but you have to be able to present it in a way that, that people who don't get it will understand it hmm. and with enough patience so that if you have to explain it two or three times in two or three different ways, you know, that you're willing to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you actually mentioned the fact that, you know, this is, this is kind of a struggle beyond the homeschool community and in, in like you noted the smaller public schools, the Christian schools. So how do you think that current STEM education efforts could be or <laughs> improved across the board? How, what, what do we need to do just in education in general to strengthen the foundation that our kids have in these areas? So I think one of the things that would really help, while the, while the acronym STEM is generally well known, there isn't really a consensus definition for what STEM mm -hmm. is. So there are a lot of content providers who pitch themselves as a STEM program, but maybe they don't have a lot of the really robust content within because there isn't anything to go and check off boxes and say, yes, if you do A, B, and C, you are a STEM program. Uh, so I think if we could, could work towards, you know, at the education industry level, a better consensus definition of what STEM is, it would help 
for people to be able to gauge what they're doing against some norm or some standard where right now you really can't do that. Uh, That's one of the biggest things I think that would help. Uh, The other is um, providing more STEM education instruction to teachers in all content areas so that they know how to incorporate some STEM content into the subject areas that they teach already. Uh, I find that you can make a connection to just about any subject area with some kind of a STEM project. Uh, For example, uh, if you're writing an arcade style video game, there's a lot of geometry and even trigonometry Mm -hmm. and physics that goes into positioning and moving the elements in that game. And so uh, if somebody is only teaching geometry and doesn't realize that you can make those connections, then those connections aren't going to get made. Uh, so I think making, you know, just teachers more aware that there are ways to pull these things in. And maybe they aren't the expert in the area that can really do justice to it in their classroom. But that at least makes them aware that they could reach out or look for uh, others who could help them in those areas. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I was I was even thinking as you were talking about that, about just the different ways that that everything overlaps, plays together, um, you know, and it it really is amazing the fingers on all of this. And you know, even as we think ahead, you were talking earlier uh, at the beginning of our conversation about the fact that we are preparing our kids today for jobs that don't exist yeah. yet, for what is to come, and and actually equipping them and make helping them see the connections that tie all these things together is how they're going to innovate into new new arenas as time goes on, which is really exciting to think about. Exactly. The people who designed the gas pumps that we use today were those that, you know, 10 years ago saw ways that different kinds of components could be integrated and work together to make a better experience for the person who's pumping their gas. So today, a student who sees the way that gas pump works will find even more ways to combine other technologies. And I think that gas pump TV or gas station TV is a really good example of that. TV wasn't new. The gas pump wasn't new, but somebody thought we can put these two things together. Um, and, and so that's the kind of innovation that when you begin to understand how the things work sort of under the covers, you peel the layers back a little bit, you start to see the ways that they could be used that we haven't thought of yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then walk us through how, you know, what are some practical ways that we can equip our children in this way? And and while you're at it, I want to make sure that you tell us what you guys do. You know, I see on your site that you have a subscription model. What is included there as far as resources to help our children become more equipped in these areas? Sure. So let me answer the first question first. Um, okay what can we do just everyday parents to help our kids? I think encouraging them to ask questions, Hmm. to constantly challenge them to think about and describe, how do you think that thing works? Even if you yourself don't know, get them to think about it and talk about it together. Um, And then maybe they'll go off and get interested and do a little research on their own. Um, I I think kind of, um, encouraging the inquiring mind. Uh, You know, I think that's a great way to get kids to a point where they really want to learn something. 
because um, it's sort of the opposite of the when am I ever going to need this. Yeah. When you work in in STEM and project based learning, you really don't have a lot of when am I ever going to use this because the whole context of the learning is mm. how does that thing work. So you see already how you're using it. Now you have to go and break it down. You're actually going backwards. Um, the second question about what we do, uh, we really kind of have three models. Um, the content library that you mentioned is a subscription-based model um, that is self-paced content. So we design modules and then we break those modules down into individual lessons, each of which takes 10 to 20 minutes to complete. And they guide the student through um, the very basics, step-by-step step to some kind of a finished product. And in most cases, the finished product is either a, a simulation or a recreation of something they might have seen or used in their everyday life, or a program or a game or some other thing that they see a tangible thing. They're not trivial examples. That's It's not a theory-based program. It's a very practical, very hands-on type program where you immediately see the connection between what you're learning and something that you have that actually works at the end. Yeah. Um, the second uh, format that we offer is what we call instructor-led virtual classes. So we take that same content library, we slice it up into six to eight week series of courses that meet about once a week for about an hour. Um, and in those, instead of the student working independently and at their own pace, they're interacting not only with a live instructor, but with other students who are going through the same thing. So it's just like distance learning uh, at mm -hmm. school where you have someone that can provide additional explanation. They can adjust the pace to speed up or slow down. Uh, they can answer questions or give additional explanations. The third model is what we offer to um, schools. And this could take the form of an after school program or a summer camp or even uh, an integrated course that we teach as part of their regular school day. Most of that we do virtually. Uh, and those programs we can also offer to homeschool co-ops. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, if you have a co-op and you want us to be a part of your sort of instructor rotation, you talked about letting other people in your co-op teach your kids the, the more technical content, we can be that person for, for you. Uh, and we can custom tailor a program that suits your specific students' needs. Those who participate in your co-op, it meets at whatever schedule and at whatever uh, pacing is uh, appropriate and convenient for you. Okay. Well, that is, that's really, really cool. In fact, I was thinking as we were going along that, you know, even on site, um, I want to encourage everyone to come by your booth and because you're going to be in Pigeon Forge with us, right? We will be in Pigeon Forge okay. and, and we're going to, in Pigeon Forge, we're going to make an even bigger point of having more hands-on activities Excellent. for the kids to actually do while they're there visiting the booth. Well, that is that is great. So all of you that are listening in, I know a lot of you will be in Pigeon Forge. This is a guy that you want to go see. You want to take your children by there because you want to actually let them, you know, be as blown away as I was by those little things. It's literally, he had this little bitty LED light that he showed me how to wire it and it turned on just from this 
this little board. Um, but to make you step back and like he was noting before, question, think things through and all of that. It was it was exciting to me. I would imagine that if I was a 10-year-old boy, I would think it was the coolest thing in the world. If I was a 10-year-old girl, I would think it was the coolest thing in the world. So take your kiddos by there so that you can make sure that you see him. Um, so, so Robert, then I want you to tell us, we're about out of time. How can they get in touch with you even before Pigeon Forge um, so that they make sure that they, they know where to find you and, you know, can connect with you there? So the best place would be through our website. Um, that's stem.excalibur-solutions.com. Um, that will give you all the information about the programs we have for schools, for homeschools. Um, you can subscribe to our content library there. You can register for those instructor-led classes that I mentioned. And on the contact page, there's a contact us form. So you can fill that out and that'll send us an email and we'll get back to you uh, very, very shortly and answer whatever questions you have. So if I were to want to, you know, say do a local STEM camp or through my co-op have something offered, would that contact form be the best way to go through? Because uh, we have an awful lot of homeschool leaders that listen to the podcast. And, you know, if my brain is sitting there going, oh, this would be a great resource to bring in for my kids, you know, more than just the ones that live in my family, my kids as a whole, as a leader, you know, is that the best way for them to get in touch with you as well? Yes, it is. Well, awesome. Awesome. Well, so if you are a homeschool leader, make sure that you check this out because this may be just the resource you've been looking for um, to to allow you through your co-op or your group to offer something even better than you've been able to do before um, to to equip our kids well in this in all of these STEM fields, uh, which like Robert noted, are going to be so, so important, increasingly important than they already are, but even more important in the days ahead. So Robert, thank you so much for spending the time to, uh, to talk with me today. Thank you. I really enjoyed talking to you, Leslie. Well, you are welcome. I look forward to seeing you in Pigeon Forge. Absolutely. And to everyone else, thank you for hanging out with us. I hope that this has been a lot of help to you. I hope that it has been intriguing and that you're going to use all of the links that we are listing in the show notes for today's show to go find Robert and Excalibur Solutions. Check it out. See what kind of resources may be just right to, to help you feel better equipped to prepare your children in these STEM subjects and fields. So I hope you have a great rest of your day. I look forward to seeing you in Pigeon Forge, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently, so we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events, and then throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. Check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.